This is God's Word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I declare, I boldly confess that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we bless you and thank you for your word today, Lord. We thank you that, Lord, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts, it divides, it opens up, it exposes our hearts. But, Father, it also builds us up and feeds us, and it's a light unto our path. And so today, Lord God, we ask you to feed us with your word. We are open this morning. And I ask you this morning, Lord, that you would wear me like a glove. That, Father, you would be the substance of everything that's said. That every person here will hear the Holy Spirit and what He is saying to their hearts. And that when we leave this place, we will not be the same as when we came. We promise to give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. And everyone say, Amen, Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm excited today because um, I get to speak about the Holy Spirit. Amen. I like speaking about the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is uh, that, you know, it's that member of the Godhead who sometimes does not get the adequate attention that he should. Amen. And so today I want to speak about partnering with the Holy Spirit. You see, Partnering with the Holy Spirit. One of the things I'm recognizing is that as we enter 2012, this theme that we have, open doors, open doors and favorable opportunities. How many of you know that in order for us to choose the right door, we have to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us? Now let me say it another way. How many of you understand that not every open door is your door? There are times... When we have open doors before us, but it's not the door that we need to take. Amen? Not every open door is your door. Not every opportunity is your opportunity. That's why you need to be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit to know which door is your door and which door is not. How many of you know every closed door is not your denial? (laughs) I'll tell you something. Sometimes the door is closed and Jesus says you need to keep knocking. Because it's going to open to you. Now, you need to keep knocking, not picking. Because some of us are picking the doors that we want open. Instead of, you know what I'm saying? Some of you are using your contacts. And some of you are using some ways to try and get through some doors that the Lord is closing. But you're finding every way to try and open it up. And God says, you know what? I don't want you to be picking the door. I want you to be sensitive to my spirit to know that when someone says no, it is not your no. You're looking for a yes. And you're going to keep knocking until you get that yes in Jesus' name. Amen? And so as we go through this year and as we go through this fast, one of the things I want us to recognize is that our time of fasting is really to pull us into a more intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit So that we can recognize the direction of God in our lives. Sometimes I think when we fast, we get so caught up on what we shouldn't eat. 
what we can eat or we can't eat and all this that we forget that it's really not fasting it's fasting and praying the fasting is not the key thing it's the it's what is fasting supposed to do it's supposed to bring us to a place of intimacy with god and so if all we're looking at is the fasting and we're working on the fasting and we're not working on the praying then we're really on a diet hallelujah well, a lot of times, what happens to us is that in a fast, we not only diet food, we diet the Holy Ghost too. <laughs> We're in a word diet. We can't do that. So, this morning, we want to talk about partnering with the Holy Spirit and how we can make that happen. I want to turn to two scriptures with me. Number one, first of all, is John chapter 14. John chapter 14 and verse 16. Now, I want you to put your, your ribbon there. That's what ribbons are for. To put in the first scripture that I mentioned to you. Then the next scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 13. So that's John chapter 14. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And we're going to read the very last verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. It says this. The grace... Of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. 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 The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all in Jesus' name. Let me tell you something. A lot of times in life, people understand. The love of God. But they don't understand the grace of Christ. A lot of people, if you go out on the road right now, if you talk to your co-workers right now and you say, Hey, do you, do, does God love you? Guess what everybody's going to say? Yes. Everybody's going to say yes. Everyone's going to say, I know God loves me. That's why, that's why some people think that they won't go to hell because God loves me. Am I right? And everybody thinks that God loves me. But if you understand that God loves you, but don't understand the grace of Christ, you never walk in the life that Jesus has for you. In other words, the people who are saved are people who understand that not only that God loves them, but there is grace in Jesus. Most people think that God loves them, but Jesus judges them. Most people think that if they come to church, they'll receive judgment. So they never get and may never take the step of salvation because they believe God loves them. But they don't believe that there is grace for them. And oftentimes when people come into our churches, they see the love of God. But a lot of times they don't see the grace of Christ. In other words, they walk in and they say, hey, everybody loves each other. Look how loving they are. But I feel left out, and I don't feel accepted, and I don't feel received. Do you realize that Jesus came on earth, and because he was perfect, he could have come on earth and just told us everything that we did was wrong. He could have said, you know, you're wrong, and you're wrong, and you're wrong, and you're wrong, Pastor, you're wrong. Glenn, you're really wrong. <laughs> like, he could have come and done that. You know what he did instead? He came and he said, he who has sinned. Let him throw the first stone. Grace. And because of his grace, 
Many of us here are Christians and are saved. Because not only did we know the love of God, but we recognized the grace of Christ. And that's why we got saved. Amen? How many of you, how many of you believed that before you became a Christian, you thought, you know what, church is us full of hypocrites and they're going to judge me anyway. Let me see your hand. Exactly. Because you didn't understand the grace of Christ. But here's what happens. A lot of Christians understand His love and understand His grace, but don't understand the communion with the Holy Spirit. And because they're walking in grace, but not in communion, they're still living in defeat. In other words, they're living a Christian life, but they're not living a Spirit-led life. And so they make decisions every day without the Holy Spirit informing them of how to make the decisions that they're making. Are you hearing me this morning? There is another level for you. And the level for you is intimacy with the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you a real quick story. I was, uh, in 1999, uh, Jamaica had a financial crisis. Uh, much like the one you guys had, uh, we guys, you know, I'm here now. So, <laughs> much like the one that we had a couple of years ago. <laughs> but in 1999, my first daughter was born and um, I'd taken a little break from ministry and I really wanted to move to the States. I mean, the place, just terrible financially. Everything was bad in Jamaica. Everything was going wrong. And as I was, you know, wanting to do it, have you ever just, just tried to kick down a door that was closed? Have you ever tried to kick down a door that was closed? Man, I was kicking. I was like, I was like, you know, like the police. I was like, hey man, you know, Miami Vice. You know, boom. Like, and, um, and not what's happening. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he gave me a scripture. It was Genesis 26.1. It says, there was a famine in the land and Isaac wanted to go to Egypt. And the Lord spoke to Isaac and said, do not go to Egypt, but stay in the land where I show you and I will prosper you there. And so I said, okay, God, you know what? I back off of this idea. Forget it. You know what? I'm just going to stay right here. And I'm going to serve you right here. And the Lord is going to bless me right here. Within a year, we bought our first house in the famine. In a Buju neighborhood, too. I mean, I was looking good. You understand? I was 31 years old, and I was like, hey, you know what? I'm telling you, man, in Jamaica, 31 years old, having your first house in a bougie neighborhood in a financial crisis is not heard. So I was like, really stepping up. Well, guess what? A year after that, two years after that, we started a church in the famine. And the Lord blessed and prospered, and I grew. And for seven years, I led this church. And in every step, I was in step. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Everything. And that church grew and grew. And we're in this, this, this era with these, all these small churches. And our church was growing like crazy. And the Lord was blessing us. And what I realized then is that, listen, even though I know all things can work together for good, I'm glad when I do the first thing that the Lord shows me instead of having to learn the lesson again. Amen? So, that was then. And the Lord taught me an important lesson about following Him and listening to Him and communing with the Holy Spirit and not just doing things my way. So, I want us to turn to uh, John. Look at John chapter 14. I want you to understand this. 
Now, there are two words that the word communion, when it says commune with the Holy Spirit, there are two words, that it, uh, two meanings to the word communion. The first word is fellowship, or it's another way to say it is intimacy, or even intercourse. That's the first word. When it says commune with the Holy Spirit. It means intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And here's what it means. It means that when we spend time and we are intimate with the Holy Spirit, what comes out of intimacy? Life. Life is birthed out of intimacy. If you're dry in your Christian walk, if you're dry in your time, if you're feeling like, oh man, I am just like, what's happening? I feel bored. What's going on with my spiritual life? What you lack is intimacy with the Holy Spirit. When I first got saved... I was very, very excited for the Lord. You know, I told everybody about Jesus. You know, I walked around, and I was like on cloud nine. I was like, man, you wouldn't believe what? I got saved. I was 17 years old, and I didn't even know about Jesus till I got saved. And so when I got saved, I was like, this is a whole brand new world. So I told everybody about Jesus. I remember this, this lady in the church. She was older. She was saved about 12 years. She said, young man. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I see that you're very excited about Jesus. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, you know, you must be recently saved. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, oh, don't worry. In in a few years, that will cool off. How many of you know it hasn't cooled off yet? (laughs) I'm still in love with Jesus. (laughs) I'm still talking to people about him. I'm still excited about, I still get excited about everything God does. And the reason is because when I'm in communion, when I'm intimate with him, then every day is a brand new day. Every day is like, Jesus, what do you have for me today? I'm excited. I don't get bored. I don't feel dry. I feel, I'm just like, I can't wait for you to do something new. That's what intimacy is. Here's the other thing it means though. It means in partnership with. Like to do business in partnership. So when we talk about communion with the Holy Spirit, one of the things that the Holy Spirit is called to do, He is called to do, is partner with us to fulfill our purpose. So this is why it's not just me getting close to Him, but it's me obeying Him. In other words, the Holy Spirit is my coach. I I, I joined the gym recently. I'm sure you can tell. <laughs> but one of the things I realized at the gym is that every January, a lot of people join, like me. <laughs> and people join the gym, and here's the thing that they do. They start to do stuff in the gym that they don't know how to do. So you see people lifting up weights and they're you know, doing stuff. Like, and you're going, I know they're going to hurt themselves. I know they're going to hurt themselves. But one of the things that the gym does is that for an additional fee, you can get a personal coach. And the coach is there to find out what your objectives are and to help you reach them by coaching you and teaching you how to get there properly. Are you with me? Okay. In Christ, there is no additional cost for our coach. But it doesn't matter how much we talk to the coach. If we don't follow the coach's instructions, we're going to hurt ourselves. The purpose that God has called you to can only be achieved if the coach is coaching you on the way. 
So we need to get intimate so we can hear Him. But in hearing Him, we have to obey Him. Are you in John 14? John 14, verse 16. And I will pray the Father that He will give you another helper, that He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, or I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Watch this. The Holy Spirit is a person. That's the first thing. Three things I want to tell you. Number one, Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus never referred to the Holy Spirit as it. Always as Him, He, Himself, always. He's not a power, but He has power. He's not a force. This isn't Star Trek. He's not spooky. He's not scary. He's not Casper. He's not poltergeist. I mean, you can just think about all the ghost things. Forget that. All right? Jesus calls him a comforter. Say comforter. That means if you think about, speak about, discuss the Holy Spirit, and you're not comfortable, then you have a wrong impression of who the Holy Spirit is. When we speak about the Holy Spirit, you should get more comfortable than you were before. Why is that important? Because you can't develop a relationship with a thing. You can only develop a relationship with a person. And the only way that we develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the only place of intimacy that we have is the place of prayer. That's why when we speak about the prayer and fasting, we really mean prayer and fasting. Because prayer is the place of intimacy. You see, Jesus said in uh, Matthew 6, I'm going to turn there, Matthew 6 verse 6. You don't have to turn there, I want you to say in John. But Matthew 6 verse 6 says this, or can we put it up on the overhead? That might work too. Let me turn it fast. I get there faster. You ever hit, play sword in hand when you're a kid? Like you don't even know those. Don't worry about it. Matthew six verse six. But when you pray, go into your closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father who sees in secret shall reward thee openly. Now, what's that talking about? That word closet. Really, in the old, before even Jesus' time, that original word, word really meant a place where you kept your most prized possessions. A place, it wasn't the place they kept your shoes. Even though some of your shoes are your most prized possessions. Amen. But that wasn't it. It was a place where you didn't want anybody to get in. By the time it got to Jesus' day, that word really meant a bedroom or a place of intimacy. In other words, what Jesus was saying is, go into that room where you know when you go in there, you shut the door so no one else comes in. Go into that room that's private. Go into that place of intimacy. That's what the psalmist meant when he says, uh, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. What he was saying is that there is a place of privacy of intimacy, where life is birthed, and in that place is where you commune with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so, Jesus was saying, watch this, this time, he was saying, you need a place of undisturbed intimacy in order to birth life within you. 
That's the life he's calling us to. And this time of fasting is really to push us toward that secret place where your spirit can commune with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can commune with you. Because the Holy Spirit desires an intimate relationship with you. How many of you realize that if you try to do it on your own, you're going to fail? Amen? Amen. Amen. Number two, he is our partner. He's a person, but he's also our partner. The word for, for a comforter there says is the Greek word paraclete. Not parakeet. Paraclete. There's an L in there. It means, some, it means a helper or someone who comes alongside. In other words, it is this, this idea of him coming alongside to walk with us to make sure that we get to where we need to get to. In other words, you are the beneficiary of this relationship. He's not. Sometimes we think that we're reading the Bible for God. God knows the Bible. Are you hearing me? We're not praying for His sake. We're praying for... Oh, believe it. Jesus says He's going to be with you. Not because He has nothing else to do, but because you need Him. And so when you spend that time with him, he's there saying, I want to help. I want to help. I want to help. Give it to me. I'm here to help. That's his job. Galatians 5.16 says, If you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In other words, if we walk in the spirit, we benefit. If we stay close to him, we benefit. Because the flesh just messes us up. But our marriage gets better if we walk in the spirit. Our ministry gets better. Our jobs get better. Our decisions are, are better. Why? Because we are close to the Holy Ghost. Amen? The mark, I want to take home statement. Write this down. The mark of a mature leader is their ability to sense where the Lord is leading and then follow him. I'll say that again. The mark of a mature leader is their ability to sense where the Lord is leading and then follow him. And your level of intimacy determines your level of maturity. You can't grow in him if you aren't listening to him. Well, you're quiet. All right, that's fine. I say, you can't grow in him if you're not listening to him. He said, well, uh, how do I know if it's him? Well, if it doesn't line up with this, it ain't him. If the Lord is telling you to marry that woman's husband, it ain't the Lord. It ain't Jesus. It ain't the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. You didn't know that, did you? You didn't know that. All right. Okay, okay. That's why the Holy Spirit wants an intimate relationship with you. Here's the third thing you need to know. He's a person. He's your partner. But he's also present. He's present. Here's what I mean. Jesus says, you know him, for he dwells with you, and he shall be in you. He was speaking to the disciples before they got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So at that time, the Holy Spirit was with them, but not in them. But we, who accept Christ... As our Lord and Savior. Immediately we have the Holy Spirit in us. When we say, hey, Jesus come into our hearts. It's really not Jesus. Oh boy. 
I got silence on that one. All right. When we say Jesus come into our hearts, really it's the Holy Spirit who comes into our hearts. How many of you know Jesus is seated at the right hand of God? And when we see him, we shall be like him. And he is coming back. So if he is coming back, he ain't here. He's there. You can't come back if you're already here. Do you make sense? <laughs> it's really the Holy Spirit. That's why he says, I will send you another comforter. Another means exact likeness. Exactly like me. In other words, when you hear the Holy Spirit, it's like you're hearing Jesus. And so that's why he's saying, you know what, develop this relationship with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's already, you already know him. You said, guess what? Ah, but I've never heard the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah, you have. Guess what? He's the one. How many of you are saved here? Let me see your hand. Saved. Yeah. Guess what? He's the one that called you to be saved. Remember that day when you accepted Christ? That was him speaking to you. Did you know that he's the one that caused you to join this church? We, listen, would your flesh want to join this church? <laughs> He's the one that's causing you right now that told you to go on this fast. How many of you know your flesh didn't want to do this fast? Come on out, be honest. Come on. Like some of you are like, oh, fahu, fahas. I never fasted. I ain't going to do that. Listen, the Holy Spirit is the one that made you feel like, you know what, I really should do this. While your flesh is going, are you kidding me? Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Listen, Romans 8, 16 says, if you know, if you're a child of God, guess what? It says, because the Spirit of the Lord confirms to you that you're a child of God. So if you're in here today and nobody can tell you that you're not a child of God, it's because the Holy Spirit told you. That means you know His voice. But here's what it's like. Sometimes his voice is like, you remember those old radios? Remember back in the day? When you had the radio that you had to turn the dial? Like, no, you just punch buttons, right? But you had to turn the dial, and then it would go, shh, shh. And as it got closer, you know what I'm talking about, right? And, it, and then as you're turning, and then, you know. So, so here's the thing. Sometimes what we have to do is tune in. To the spirit. We got too into it because what happens to us is this. Sometimes we're just going from one station. And we're just turning, turning. We're going from one station to the other. And we're hearing a bunch of voices. But we're not zoning in on the right voice. It's real simple. If the voice lines up with this, start to tune in. You've got to be sensitive because if you're turning, you, sometimes you can't go past it on the other side. If you're not sure, you keep going thinking that you haven't gotten to the station yet. You've got to be real sensitive to keep turning it back and forth until you zone in on the voice. I give five ways to help you hear the Holy Spirit clearer. Five ways. I want you to practice all of these this week. We're on a fast, so... We should really be praying already. Amen? Amen. All right. So here are the five ways. Number one, <clears throat> in your prayer time, here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit before you start praying to give you a song to sing. Give you a song. 
Now, some of you say, well, <laughs> Pastor, you never heard me sing. <laughs> I'm worse than Pastor Sarah. That's all right, because guess what? You can sing it in your heart. That's all right, because the point of the song is not the song. The point of the song is to help you focus on God. But here's the deal. Here's what I found out. Sometimes when you just say, Holy Spirit, give me a song to, to, to sing. Give me a song to help me focus on God. Oftentimes you get a song that you need for yourself. Sometimes it can be an old song like, I surrender all. And you just go, you know what? Yeah, that's what I need right now. Or sometimes it can be, I believe you're my healer. <laughs> Robert, don't, let, don't start me up, man. <laughs> well, oftentimes, what will happen is this. You'll get a song that focuses on an attribute of God or an attribute of your, of your relationship with God that's necessary for you that day. Ask Him to give you a song. Here's the second thing. Before you open your Bible, ask the Lord to reveal something from it for you. You know, in the Old Testament, they never opened the Word without praying. Before you open the Word, pray. Lord, show me something today that's for me. It can even be something that you read already, but you get something new out of it because the Holy Spirit has touched it. Are you with me? All right, number three, ask the Holy Spirit to tell you what to pray before you pray. How many of you know that God has an agenda for you and your life and for what's going on around you? And you know what? When heaven and earth agree, then anything is possible. But if you don't know what heaven's agenda is, you might be praying over here and heaven is over here. Holy Spirit. What do you want me to pray about today? Oh, whoo, download. That's powerful stuff right there. And pray, whatever comes, just pray, whatever comes to your mind right there. What are you doing? You're tuning in. You're tuning. You might hear one thing. You're sure. You might just hear a little, you know, a little word. But yeah, you grab, grab down to it. Number four, before you end your time with him, ask the Holy Spirit to show you people today who need to be ministered to. Woo! Heavy, let me tell you one prayer that God loves to hear. Show me somebody, Lord, who needs you today. Let me tell you something. God will start popping people before you. You'll be like, all right, God, that's enough. But no, that, that's a bold prayer. How many of you know that's a bold prayer right there? Because if he shows you, you got to do something about it. Amen. But sometimes, guess what? Sometimes it starts off by, you know what? I'm just going to pray about them. Sometimes it starts off with just saying, hey, is everything all right? You're on my heart. Sometimes it just starts off with just one, just baby steps until you're bold enough to actually go out and do it. Okay? Last thing. Last thing. When you pray for somebody, take the initiative, first of all, to pray for, some, for people and be open to the Spirit telling you things while you're praying. Do you know that most of the times that the Holy Spirit uses me to speak directly into people's lives is while I'm praying for them? Man, they say, hey, you know what, I have a headache. And I say, hey, can I pray for you? Well, usually people don't, don't you know, sure. So I pray for the headache. And Lord, and that son, bring him back home. I'm praying for the headache. But the Holy Spirit is telling me about the son. Yeah. 
Work on it. Build it up this week. I want to end with this story. In 2008, almost 10 years after my first desire to go to the United States, I started feeling uneasy in Jamaica. Seven years leading a church. I'm fine now. This is the, the church is growing. Everything's looking good. But in my spirit, something was wrong. Something was off. I was like, God, what's going on? What's going on? And once again, stirred up in my heart. This is what the Lord said to me. This place is too small for you. It's too small for you. I was praying about that. I said, God, show me confirmation in your word that I need to go somewhere else. <laughs> the Lord took me to Genesis chapter 26. <laughs> Verse 1. It was the same scripture. I said, Lord, that's the same scripture you told me when you said I shouldn't leave. <laughs> that makes no sense. Genesis 26, verse 1. Here's what the Lord showed me. Genesis 26, verse 1. <laughs> it says this. There was a famine in the land. Besides the first famine, that was during the days of Abraham and Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines and Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. That, those were the words that stood out. you remember that? Hit me like bricks. Do not go to Egypt. Except somehow I read that and it didn't hit me again. But the second part of the verse hit me. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Guess what? America was going through a financial crisis and God was calling me here. My wife was pregnant as God was calling me here. There was an open door. Pastor Eben, Pastor Sarah had an open door for me. And God was calling me here. And those 10 years was preparation for the assignment that I'm walking in now. But my intimacy with him, when the door was closed, caused over here the door to be open. And my intimacy with him caused me to recognize the open door before me. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me this morning. We're going to pray. Don't you just love the Holy Spirit?